welcome. Would you stand up with us this morning? We are full-blown into the Christmas season already. We're going to sing some Christmas songs this morning. This, honestly, is one of my favorite songs. Jesus Christ came to this earth as a gift, and what we need to do is offer ourselves back to him. So as we sing Christmas offering this morning, sing from the heart, think about these words. Sing with me right here. Over the skies of Bethlehem appeared a star. While angels sang to lowly shepherds. Three wise men seeking truth traveled from
Well, good morning and welcome to Harmony. Whether you are with us in person or online, uh, we want to thank you for gathering with us today, and we hope that you are prepared to have an incredible time as we come together and celebrate the name of Jesus and who he is. Now, I know that there's a lot of things going on right now, right? You've got company gatherings, you've got family gatherings, you've got all kinds of things that you are planning for and preparing for, and then there's the unexpected. How many of you ever have unexpected things take place at Christmas? right? The unexpected guests, the unexpected uh, present, the, the different things that just all of a sudden come to you that you, ha- you have to take care of. Well, in the midst of all of those things, we're encouraging you uh, to just kind of push away from some of the hype, from some of the demands and say, look, you know what? We're going to celebrate Christmas and we're going to celebrate the name of Jesus uh, in the Christmas season. And that's what we want to encourage you to do today. Uh, So no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, we want you to know that as we look at the story of Christmas and the birth of Christ, we can find reason to celebrate the name of Jesus, who he is, and all that he has for us. And we hope uh, that through this series and through our times together uh, that we'll be able to encourage you and to help you do just that. A couple of things that I want to share real quick that are taking place this week. On Friday evening, 7 o'clock, we have a Christmas celebration here, a musical presentation. Our, our uh, team has, has worked hard on that, and it's going to be a time for us to come together and just celebrate Christmas through music, and you're invited to come and be a part of that. Invite your friends, invite your family uh, to be a part of that celebration. Then Christmas Eve, we have a candlelight service at 5 o'clock. That's Christmas Eve, candlelight service at 5 o'clock. It'll be an, an hour or less, and it'll be a great time as we come together and talk about making room uh, for Christ in our life on that day and during uh, this season of the year and as we move uh, into the days that are ahead. Well, we've got a lot to, to pray for. And, and people to, to pray for today. I want to ask you to uh, pray for different ones that are uh, struggling with some health concerns right now. I want to ask you to pray for our Darlia Dilk. Uh, she's a part of her church family, and uh, she is in the hospital uh, with COVID. Uh, and uh, we're just asking you to uh, pray for her, that God would bring healing uh, into her life. And then we have some others that have some very serious uh, health concerns as well. I want to ask you to pray for uh, Terry Lippard. I want to ask you to uh, pray uh, for uh, Jeff uh, Falk and uh, Sue Falk, that God would be with them. They, they have some health issues uh, that are taking place, and we have a couple of others uh, that are there that have requested uh, prayer as well, but not to, to be named uh, during the, the service. They've just got some things that they're going through uh, and health concerns, and they said, hey, would you keep us uh, in your thoughts and prayers? And, and God knows who they are, so let's go ahead and make certain uh, that we pray uh, for them. As we uh, head into Uh, The rest of our service today, moms and dads, I want to remind you uh, that we have youth group that is meeting tonight, Awana meeting tonight. If you have children that are a part of uh, that, if you have teenagers that are part of the youth time, make sure and uh, help them be here tonight uh, and, uh, again, learn more about Christ, who he is, and all that he has for them and everything that he can do in their life. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and just ask for God's blessing in our hearts and our lives today. Father, we come to you today and we thank you for who you are. We thank you for all that you've done, and uh, Lord, all that you're going to do. And uh, Lord, I ask that uh, today that you'll be with those that we've requested uh, prayer for, those that are battling COVID, those that are battling uh, other sicknesses and and have health concerns. Uh, God, I just ask that you would take care of them. Lord, for those that are walking through struggles of life, they're dealing with grief and loss, they're dealing with uh, career choice, they're they're wondering uh, what they're going to do at this stage of their life because they didn't anticipate where they, where they are. Lord, there's, there's so many different things 
that are taking place in, in hearts and lives of people. And I just ask that you would be with them, that you would take care of them. And Father, I pray that uh, for the next several moments, the times that we gather and we sing a couple more songs, the message, and God, the, the moments that will reflect during this service and in the, the days ahead, I ask that you would be with us, that you would help us in the midst of where we are to be reminded of who you are. And God, to be reminded that you are, as Isaiah said, a wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And Father, no matter where we're at, no matter what's going on, no matter what anybody else is doing or has done, no matter what we're dealing with, Father, those things are still true. So Father, help us to know that we can trust you because of who you are and in spite of our circumstances. God, that, that you are one we can turn to. Help us to celebrate that truth today. For it's in Christ's name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with us one more time as Elijah starts kicking us off in this song? It is Christmas time. It's great. 
we can shout for joy when we know that the King of kings and the Lord of lords has come to be with us. Emmanuel, God with us. We read so much about what he is, who he is, and what he's done for us. There's nothing like a king like this. If you don't know this song, you'll catch on quickly. Um, think about these words as you sing it. It's his whole story. A king like this, majesty laying in a manger. A king like this, unto us is born a savior. The light, the light has come. A king like this, the highest name and the song of heaven. A king like this. Sing 
Well, when we see you celebrate Christmas, what comes to your mind? If I were to ask you, how do you celebrate Christmas? How do you celebrate this holiday? What are some things that begin to flow through your mind? For some, it goes to family tradition and a, and a gathering. For some of you, it, it goes to a meal. For some of you, you cringe and say, wow, that means that that individual, right, the cousin Eddie of your family may show up. And I tell people this all the time. If you say your family doesn't have a cousin Eddie, there's a strong chance you're cousin Eddie, all right? I'm, I'm just, just telling you because every family has at least one. And that's nothing to hide from, right? We all have those moments, those members, and those situations. So let me ask you this. When you, you hear a question, how do you celebrate Christmas? What comes to your mind? Is it the, the meal? Is it the, the memories of, of growing up and things that you did together as a, as a family? Was it a, a, a memorable situation? For some people, quite honestly, Christmas brings a, a little bit of pain. Because there's some, some that grow up in a, in a, in a household that's, that's split, and, and they never had Christmas together with mom and, and dad. It was moving from this place to that place and trying to get it all in, but, but not really being able to enjoy Christmas or, or what Christmas is really about. That there wasn't a, a relationship status that, that held things together, and you said, look, this is the, the place and the time and the, the moments that, that we shared. For some, Christmas can, can be a, a painful thing because of some of the struggles and the realities that were there. For some, you would say, when I, I think about how I, I celebrate Christmas and, and what Christmas is really all about, for some of you, it, it would come back to good memories, like maybe a, a Christmas Eve service growing up. For, for my family, we always went to Christmas Eve service, and, and then we, we came home and opened some, some gifts that were already there and already arrived, and, and we had some of those moments. Some of those were great moments. But when you begin to ask yourself, what do I really celebrate at Christmas? Let me ask you this. Are you doing more than celebrating a memory? Are you doing more than celebrating a tradition? Are you celebrating what Christmas is really all about? You see, when we talk about celebrating the name of Jesus, we're talking about a truth that was 
prophesied nearly 700 years before Christ was born. Isaiah comes onto the scene and he gives us some absolutely incredible information as to what's going to happen in the future. And and we see that in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6. The Bible gives us this. It says this, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. It says this, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Think about this for just a moment. Sometimes when we need guidance, sometimes when we need direction, sometimes when we need help, all the busyness of the world, sometimes the bad memories, the bad moments, they they crowd out all the things that Christmas is really about. They, they, they crowd out the moments of a wonderful counselor and all the, the advice that he could offer. They, they crowd out an everlasting father who loves you no matter what. They crowd out the, the prince of peace, the one who can bring peace to a troubled heart, a troubled home. To give you that moment of advice and that word of direction when you need it the most. I often wonder how many times we miss out on a wonderful counselor, the mighty God who can take care of all things. The everlasting father, the prince of peace, in our day-to-day routines. Because we look at the circumstances of life and we think, man, with what I'm facing... So much greater than who he is. We don't say it like that, but we get ourselves in a, a situation. We come to a crossroads. We, we are faced with a, a decision, something that might be uncomfortable and, 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 and might be a, a little difficult. And, and here's what we do we say, Man, how am I ever going to get through this? And, and here's a truth 750 years before Jesus was born, Isaiah said, Look, There's going to come one onto the scene, and I want you to know he's a wonderful counselor. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace, and I want you to understand this. Of his kingdom, there will be no end. So in the future, when you are struggling, I want you to know you can count on him. When life is uncertain, I want you to know that he's still the answer. When you're looking for a way around or a way under or a way over life's circumstances, Isaiah is telling us, I want you to know no matter what it is, when it is, or where it is, he's the one that will be with you. Now last week we looked at Joseph And Joseph had a life that was planned and a a life that was interrupted. And we talked about how when Joseph was given the message, Joseph was told, look, it's Jesus the Christ, the anointed one. This is is the Messiah. That's who's coming. Then it was Jesus, the, the one that would be the Savior. But then he was told that it would be Emmanuel God with us. And we talked about how God is is not only with us, that means that God is for us. That God is in us when we're believers and God wants to do something through us. Well, today we, we go to the other personality, the person that's mentioned a lot at, at Christmas. And, and her name is, is Mary. 
Now, now when you think about the, the life of Mary, I mean, if we think that Joseph had an interruption in his life, if we think that Joseph had some concerns in his life, undoubtedly, right, there were some concerns, some interruptions, some things that were unexpected in the life of Mary. But let's, let's take a look at Matthew, or at Luke chapter 1 and verse number 26. It says this, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you, blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Or literal translation, how will this be? Since I do not know a man. The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that holy one who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. When we look at the life of Mary, we look at Christmas, we think about Joseph, we think about Mary, we think about the shepherds, we think about the angels, we, we think about all the circumstances that unfold. One of the things that, that stands out over and over and over is when Jesus comes onto the scene, it's been talked about, it's been told about, they're looking for one, yet when he shows up, it's unexpected, and everybody involved is looking around saying, I'm not certain that, that we're ready for this. It seems as though everybody was in the midst of living their life and they had their purpose and they had their plan and, and they had things laid out, yet an angel shows up on more than one occasion and an angel says, look, I just want to make you aware of something that's absolutely incredible that's getting ready to take place. And in the moment when the angel makes them aware, it changes everything. Yet in the midst of it changing everything, there's some things in the lives that we've looked at and that we're going to look at that remain the same. Some things that stand out in an absolutely incredible way. And one of the things that we look at in Joseph's life is Joseph believed God beforehand, he believed God during, and he believed God afterwards. The Bible says that Joseph was a just man. Doesn't mean he was perfect, it just means he had a heart for God. Well, today, when we begin and, and, and see Mary's life kind of be taken off the track that, that she had planned, here's what we're going to see. We're going to see and we're going to discover that Mary had a heart for God. What, was, was she perfect? 
What was she sinless? No, no, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible gives us a couple of things about Mary's life that needs to line up with your life and with my life. So, so let's just take a, a look at, at what was in Mary's life that, that you and I need in our life today. Something that, that set her apart. Something that made her distinct. Something that, that made her different. Here's what Mary had that, that you and I need and we need to connect the dots, right, and, and, and walk through this. But the Bible says that, that Mary had a faith that produced a purity. Think about that for just a moment. It says that, that Mary's faith was so connected to her heart and her mind that it impacted how she lived. Let me ask you something today. Well, what is the faith that you profess in Jesus producing in your everyday life? Now, when we look at the life of Mary, when, when we look at, at her life, the, the Bible says that it produced a, a purity that, that, that she had kept and maintained her virginity. She, she wasn't giving herself to anyone outside of marriage. She had protected that. Why? Because it's God's pattern. It's God's belief. It's what God said. This is the way it's supposed to be. So Mary said, look, this is how I'm going to live my life. Now, let's think about this for just a moment. When we look at the purity of Mary, we're not just talking about purity in, in that one setting. Let, let's take a look and, and, and look at how she lived her faith. You see, there was never a point in Mary's life where you trace it through where she said, look, you know what? Isaiah prophesied 750 years ago that there's going to be a virgin that, that's going to be the one that's chosen. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my faith on display, and I'm going to audition for this life interruption, and I'm going to say, wow, I'm going to be a virgin so I can say, God, pick me, pick me. That, that never happens. It doesn't unfold like that. Here's what we have. We have a young lady, right, who's going through life, has plans, hopes, a dream of a future. She's got some things laid out, and she says, I, I think this is how it's going to go. Yet every day in the midst of making those plans, every day in the midst of living her life, here's what she was doing. She was living life with a pure heart, a pure mind, which produced pure actions in her life. When you begin to look at what Mary had, and we begin to look at our life, we need to ask ourselves, what is faith producing in our life? What is faith producing in my life? For Mary, it produced a pure life. It was pure in heart, pure as the context tells us, but it was a, a pure motive. She wasn't placing herself out there so that she could get something in exchange. What will faith produce in your life and my life? Do you know the Bible says this, that faith produces joy and peace? Romans chapter 15, verse number 13 teaches us that. And we live in a, in a season where, where, we're, where we're overwhelmed with, with the, the name of Christmas and the name of Jesus, and it's a time to celebrate, and I understand that this can be a season of pain. It can be a season of sorrow. As, as I shared a, a moment ago, that there are some that, that are dealing with loss at Christmas and the grief is overwhelming. There are some that, that look back at Christmas and they say, man, I can't remember a happy Christmas because my childhood was terrible. If I told you about it, you, you wouldn't believe the things that, that I went through. So Christmas was, was never a happy moment. Let, let's go ahead and remove ourselves from all the things that we think are supposed to happen and look at Mary's life and realize that in the good times and in the difficult times, 
in the unexpected where Mary's life was now not put on hold, it was put on display for everyone to observe. Her faith continued to produce a purity. It continued to produce a joy in her life. You say, how do you know that? Because we, we read through the text and it reveals it. Let's think about what else faith produces. Not only can produce a joy and a peace that, that we often need, but, but faith produces a love for others. Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 6 teaches that, that principle. Faith, it's, it's on display. How about obedience? Faith, faith produces obedience. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 8, it says, by faith, they, they obeyed. What, what is faith? Faith is a response. You see, faith produces victory over the, the fiery darts of the enemy, according to Ephesians chapter 6. Faith produces victory to where we can overcome the world when we look at 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 4. When we look at faith, here's, here's what we're dis discovering in one of the greatest passages on faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, when people are making their journey to Jesus, so to speak, and they're looking for the one who's the author and finisher of our faith. Here's what it says. Verse number four, by faith Abel. Verse number five, by faith Enoch. Verse number six, but without faith, is, without faith it is impossible to please him. Verse number seven, by faith Noah. Verse number eight, by faith Abraham obeyed. Verse number nine, by faith. Verse number 11, by faith. We, we continue to, to go down and, and look and, and we get a little further. It, it says in verse number 20, it says, by faith, Isaac. Verse number 21, by faith, Jacob. Verse number 22, by faith, Joseph. Verse number 23, by faith, Moses. Over and over and over and over. What, what I'm telling you today is in the Christmas story, it tells us that there was something that produced a purity in the life of Mary. Something that was in her life that she said, you know what, this is what God has said. This is the way it's supposed to go. And I'm not going to trade it for anything. It's a faith that's real. It's a faith that is alive. It's a faith that I want to live out on a daily basis. So, so let me ask you this question. In your life today, what is your faith producing because in the life of Mary she wasn't perfect she didn't always have everything together but there was something that was real in her life there was something that was practical in her life she wasn't without sin you see when we look at the life of Mary we discover that Jesus came to die for her as well but as we study her life we're reminded of an incredible truth that in the life of Mary, there was a faith that produced. And sometimes you and I are guilty of looking at life this way. I've got to do something for God, so I'll get something from God. And we're not working and serving by faith. We're serving and working for faith. 
And when we look at Mary's life, she's just one that's put herself out there, not by perfection, just by faith. So, so what is your faith producing? Is it producing love? Is it producing joy? Is there a peace that's coming from your faith? Is there a victory that, that's coming from, from your faith? Because here's what First John tells us in, in chapter 5, that, that by faith we, we overcome the world and the struggles that are found herein. We look at the life of Mary, and, and here's, here's something that, that we really have to understand, and, and it's really practical, and, and this is not just tied to the Christmas season as we look at this message on the life of Mary. Her faith produced something powerful and very practical in her life, and it needs to produce something in our life, some things that we're not willing to move from. But there's a second thing that, that we need to understand, and it's this, God's grace created opportunity. God's grace created opportunity. You see, it was Mary's faith that produced a purity. It was Mary's faith that prepared her to be where she needed to be. But it was God's grace that, that created the opportunity. Here's what Isaiah 7.14 says, Behold, a virgin will conceive. It just says, a virgin. That, that's it. It, it. it doesn't stipulate many other things. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. So, so when we look at verse number 27, it says that the angel appeared and was sent to one in the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. And the virgin's name was Mary. Verse number 28, it's, it says this, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Then it says this, Mary is troubled. She's wondering what in the world is going on, what's taking place, and and. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. Then it says this, for you have found favor with God. What, what does all of this mean? It, it means that there's God's grace and God's choice in this setting and situation. We look at Mary's life, and here's what it says. It said, blessed are you among women. I, I want you to understand that that word among does not mean above. It means that you are, are one among many, but, but you have found God's favor. Why? We don't know why. The Bible doesn't tell us exactly why. It doesn't say because Mary earned it. It doesn't say because Mary deserved it. It's because she was a person of faith, and by God's grace, God, God began to choose her and, and allow her to have the opportunity that he could trust her with. You see, here, here's a, a reality when we begin to, to look 
at our life and, and the Christian life and the aspect of, of our faith. In, in Ephesians chapter 2, there, there's a verse that's, that's tucked away that, that so many people get and they know the, the first portions of it and it's found in verse number 8. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Salvation is, is a free gift. It's God's grace. It's, it's God's riches at Christ's expense is, is, is how we can define grace. It's a gift that we're not deserving of. It's a gift that's given to us that, that we have not rightly earned. Yet when we look at it a little further, it says, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You see, the reason that you and I can't be saved by our works is because you and I would be talking about how good we are. The reason that, that Mary didn't audition for this job and become the earthly mother of Jesus by her works is because she would have been telling people how great she was. And there's enough of a struggle already present with that. You see, it's, it's a grace thing. And we have to understand that sometimes God... Only known by him and to him, does he, he go ahead and say, look, I'm going to allow you to participate in a completely different, unique way that some people are going to think is amazing and some people are going to think, wow, that's really painful. But, but you're going to get to participate in this in a way that's absolutely unique because this is what I want you to do. You see, a lot of us that have walked with Christ know Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. And I had this conversation last Sunday as we were talking about a, a couple of things with one of our band members. And he said, you know, I love verse number 10. Because in verse number 10, here's what's said. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Do you know, it doesn't say that God picked some of us out ahead of time that he's going to save. It's a whole different topic. It says we're saved by grace through faith, not of works. It says when we respond to that grace and we trust him and we live our life for him, there's some things that God has prepared beforehand that he's going to allow us to participate in. And when we begin to look at the life of Mary, Mary has a faith that produces something in her life that causes her to stand out. She has a, a faith that produces something in her life that causes her to live out what she believes. And in the midst of living out her faith, one day an angel shows up and says, Mary, you are favored among women. You, you are blessed among them. The announcement doesn't say you're better than your neighbor. It doesn't say, man, right now you're, you're doing some incredible things in life and, and God has chosen you based on these works. It just says, blessed are you among. She, she's one of many. And by God's grace, he comes and he, he chooses her to allow her to participate in a work that he is doing. Can I ask you today? What are you letting God do in your life? Because the, the grace that God created and the grace that gives this opportunity in Mary's life is not something that's only reserved 
for Mary. I want you to get that Elizabeth, her cousin, as you read the passage, her husband, Zechariah, has been praying. He's been asking God for, for miracles, and, and, and it's kind of been a while since then, and, and now Zechariah is, is up in age, and Elizabeth is, is way past childbearing years, and, and all of the sudden, out of the grace of God in their life, they are told, look, I know you're not going to believe it, and I know you're a little old for it, and I know that, that you're not ready for a baby running around the house, but, but here's what's going to happen. You're going to have a child. Do, do you know what that is? That's God's grace at work in the life of Zechariah and Elizabeth. God's grace is at work in the life of Mary. And sometimes we look at other people and we say, well, you know what? I've got a faith that produces this, 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 and this. And I don't know why God is allowing them to do that. Okay, can I just let you in on a little secret? There's some pastors out there that are terrible preachers. I've heard them. And you know what? They're, they're leading congregations that are thriving and changing the world. And you know what else I'll say? They will say, I'm not a good preacher. And I don't know why God has allowed me to be here. But I'm serving where I am. Just that simple. A few years ago, I was at a conference listening to a guy tell his story pastoring a church that's not far from here. He's playing golf with a group of people. And he's just exchanging and interacting. And all of a sudden they say, what, what, what do you do? And Pastor Dave says, well, I, I pastor a church. And they're thinking, oh, okay, well, this kind of changes everything. And then the conversation kind of shifts a, a little bit more. And, and, and they're, they're kind of getting away because that's what happens when you, you pastor a church and everybody doesn't know it. All of a sudden, conversations change and, and, and behavior switches a, a little bit. And, and he said, then they asked the dreaded question. He said, what church do you pastor? He said, honestly... I pastor one of the largest churches in America, not just America, the world. And when you drive by through Louisville, you can, you can see all kinds of it. And he said, I, I pastor Southeast Christian Church. And he said, immediately you could see, they said, no way. Guy like you couldn't, couldn't, couldn't be there. It has to be completely Different than, than that. And you know what his response was? I don't know why I'm there. I'm an ordinary person. All I can tell you is it's the grace of God. Because I, I don't deserve to be used on that level. There's really nothing great about me. Talk about a humility factor. Maybe that was one of the things that we don't necessarily see in Mary's life at this point that we'll see in just a, a moment. Maybe when we, we look at other people's lives and we look at our life, there really doesn't need to be the comparison thing. Maybe we don't need to say, why are they doing this and why are they doing that? Maybe it just needs to be, look, you know what? There's a faith that's real in my life, and here's what it's producing. And by the grace of God, it's going to continue to produce a faith that honors him. Because when we look at Mary's life, here's... Here's how she's celebrating Christmas 
in the name of Jesus. And the circumstances where she finds herself, here's, here's, here's what's happening. Is she's got a faith that's producing in her life. The second thing is she recognizes God's grace is creating the opportunity. It created an opportunity for Mary. It created an opportunity for Zechariah and Elizabeth. So, so let me ask you this. What, what are you willing to let God's grace create in your life? Be, because God, God has something that he wants you to do. For, for Mary, the work that he had set aside for her was to, to bear a son conceived by the Holy Spirit. What, what are you going to let the grace of God do in your life? What are you going to make yourself available for? When we look at, at Mary's life, it doesn't stop right there. Verse number 34, it says this, Then Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I do not know a man? The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, also conceived a son in her old age. There's that grace factor showing up. Didn't deserve it. It's an answer to prayer. Mary's not alone in the miracle business in the Christmas story. God's working in other people's lives. We look a little further. In verse number 37, it says this. For with God, nothing will be impossible. You see, you and I equate that to the birth of, of Christ. But in the context, God was saying, you know what? Mary, I'm, I'm able to do it in your life, and I'm able to do it in Elizabeth's life which means he's able to do it in, in, in our life. For with God, all things are possible. That's available for you, for me today. That, that's, that's a truth. That's a statement, not based on circumstances of what we're going through, but based on a reality of who he is. You ought to, you ought to highlight verse number 35, 36, and 37. Because it's not just reserved for the Christmas season. It wasn't just reserved for the birth of, of Jesus. It was there for the birth of John, working in Zechariah and Elizabeth's life. It was there for the birth of Christ. It's, it's there for your life and, and for my life. Because God is, is not limited to circumstances that you encounter or that I encounter. But verse number 38. Here's what Mary said. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. What did, what did Mary do after this announcement? She continued to serve faithfully. She continued to serve faithfully. Verse number 34, when, when she says, how will this be? That, that was not a doubt. It was a curiosity. It's a question that, that anybody is, is going to ask in, in those circumstances. God, what, what, are, what are you up to? How will you do this? 
Some scholars and commentators would say, wow, she's questioning God. Well, well, maybe Mary is, is digging in a little bit in her faith saying, how will this be? Because I'm not giving up my purity. God, how are you going to do this? You see, when we look at it, it's clearly a statement of faith where Mary is saying, God, you're the one that's proclaiming this. You're the one that I'm following. So how will this be? It's absolutely amazing that when, when faced with a life-changing circumstance, Mary didn't necessarily question. She's just curious. Okay, God, what are you up to and how are you going to do this? And then there's the conversation with God. Nothing is impossible. God was working in Zachariah's life and Elizabeth's life. He's working in Mary's life. Both are miraculous. Both are different miracles. And God is still alive and working today. But notice what Mary says. Nevertheless, nevertheless, behold the handmaid of the Lord, let it be according to your word. Mary says, okay, God, I've walked with you. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to continue with you. Do you know what Mary was doing? Mary was saying yes. Not just yes to a tour of prestige. Not, not just yes to the easy. Did you know what Mary was doing? Mary was saying, oh, okay, I'll say yes to the pain. I'll say yes to the public scandal. I'll say yes to the humiliation. I've preserved my purity through faith because I believe in you and trust in you. And now people are going to doubt that. And let's just be honest, we really can't explain it. But Mary said, yes, I'll, I'll do it. She wasn't saying, yes, you can elevate me. She wasn't saying, yes, you can put me out there on display for, for everybody to look at me and question me. She was saying, yes, I will serve you. And these are things that are going to be a part of it. Because undoubtedly, she knew that and understood that. Because in her culture, it could be that a, a young lady found in the circumstance of a pregnancy outside of marriage could, could be taken outside the city walls and stoned. She's saying yes to pain. She's saying yes to hurt. Yet she's saying yes to a glorious, miraculous birth, but she's also saying yes to a lonely, painful death that Scripture says she stands by and watches Jesus die. She's saying yes to, to being used by God, but she's also saying yes, as I said last week, the brother of Jesus, the half-brother, James, was not a believer until after Jesus rose from the dead. So she was saying yes to raising a child that would doubt her integrity and her faith and her authenticity the vast majority of her life. Yet, she said, yes. God, I'll serve you. I'll, I'll continue to serve you faithfully. I guess what I'm saying is she didn't just say yes to a life of ease. She said yes to his word. And sometimes we'll continue when it's comfortable. But Mary said, I'll go with you all, all the way. I'll trust you in these circumstances because with God, all things are possible. Let, let me ask you today. Are you willing to serve and continue to serve faithfully even when life is difficult? Because for Mary, that, that's, that's what she said. She had a faith that produced 
It produced a life of purity. Her faith was connected to her daily living. Let me ask you something today. Is your faith connected to your daily living? Or do you have a faith? Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? The one that we're celebrating during this Christmas season. The one who lived a perfect life. Who would live a perfect sinless life and go to the cross in exchange my sin and your sin. And he would take all of that upon himself and he would in exchange give us his love, his righteousness. And the hope of heaven if we would just believe. Do you have a faith in him that is producing something in your life? But let me ask you this. Are you allowing the grace of God to work in your life. It was by grace that Mary was chosen. It was by grace that Elizabeth and Zechariah received a miracle. Are you letting the grace of God work in your life? You say, how do I do that? You make yourself available to the things that God sets in front of you. For by grace are you saved through faith, right? Ephesians 2.8 verse number 9 says it's not of works, but verse number 10 says God has something for you to do. He has a path for you to walk. He has an opportunity for you to lay hold of. Are you making yourself available for that opportunity? Are you willing to continue to serve faithfully, even when it may not turn out exactly as you expected? Mary said, yes, I'll do what you say. Today, Maybe you need to say, yes, I'll trust you as Savior. Yes, I'll let your grace work in my life. Yes, I'll continue to serve you faithfully, as did Mary. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? Today, maybe you're here and you would say, John, as you talked about Jesus, I, I can't say that I know him personally as my Savior, but today I would like to. If that's you today, then maybe right here, right now, the step that, that you need to take, that God wants you to take, is, is just this. The best you know how, right from your heart to his heart, where you just say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and the best I know how, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins, and I'm asking you to be my Savior. If that's you today, and you would like to do that, Here's what I would encourage you to do. I would encourage you right here, right now, to say those words. Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need a savior and I'm asking you to save me and forgive me of my sins. If you'll ask, he'll do it. If you've said yes to Jesus and you want him to be your savior, if you've asked him to right now, we want you to let us know. So stop by the Connection Center on your way out today. We have a, an opportunity to help you learn more about Jesus, to help you grow in a relationship with him. And we would love for you to, to discover all the, the things that God has in store for you. Maybe you're here today and you say, John, I already know Christ is my savior. But honestly, there's some things in, in my life that, that I really need to work on. I need to to let faith produce some things in my life, like some of that joy and peace, some of that love, to realize that faith can help me to overcome the, the difficulties. Just as it produced something in Mary's life, as she was living it out, I need to have faith produce something in my life. Maybe you, you would say today, 
John, when, when you bring up that grace thing, I look at other people's lives and I wonder why they're where they're at and I'm where I'm at. And I need help with that. Maybe that's your prayer today. Whatever it might be, I want to encourage you to offer your prayer up as we pray together. Father, we come to you today and we thank you for who you are. We thank you for all the things that you've done and all the things that you're going to do. And Father, I pray that today you would hear our prayers. Father, for that one that wants to trust you as their Savior, I pray that you would help them do it and do it right now. For that one who's already trusted you as their Savior, I pray that you would give them the courage and the strength to let someone know that they've trusted you. Lord, for those that are saying, I need faith to produce something in my life, maybe it's peace, maybe it's joy. Maybe it's just strength and comfort for the time that they're in. Lord, whatever it might be, God, I ask that you would help that to be produced in their life, that you would help us to be recipients of, of your grace, not just waste it, not just take advantage of it, not, not just make ourselves available when, when it's convenient for us, but to say yes to you and to walk with you all the way. Father, we ask you to help us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home and allowing us to share hope with you. You know, when we think about the love of Jesus, it's absolutely amazing to stop and realize that he gave his life for you and for me. And all we have to do is simply put our faith and trust in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And that changes us for all eternity. Today, if you've never invited Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to be your personal savior, I want to encourage you to do that right now. It's as simple as admitting that your life is not perfect, admitting that you've sinned, that you've missed God's mark of perfection, and putting your faith and trust in his son, Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is God's love in action, and he demonstrated his love for you and for me by going to the cross, by being buried and by rising again on the third day. And today, if you'd like to invite him to forgive you of your sins and to be your savior, I would encourage you right where you are just to simply say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and to be my savior. And he will do it. If you've made that decision today, please let us know. Please reach out to us. We would love the opportunity to help you learn more about who Jesus is and the incredible plan that he has for your life. If you are a part of the Harmony family, uh, you're part of our Harmony uh, online community and our online campus, I want to thank you for joining us as well. And I want to invite you to start regathering with us in person if you would like to do so. But please remember, we're keeping everything online as well, so you're not going to miss out uh, on our Sunday morning experience and the other things that we've been doing through the week. We're going to continue to offer those and to continue to meet a need in your life. And if you would like to help us continue uh, to serve our community and, and literally the world, uh, we would encourage you to hop on over to harmonyofavon.com forward slash give, and you'll be able to help us continue the ministry and to make a difference, not only here locally, but globally as well. Thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home. And I pray uh, for God's greatest blessings in your life. And I hope that you'll continue to stay connected to us throughout the week. You have a great day.